You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to day 22, the final day of the World Cup Minute. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Glorious, Josh. I cannot (laughs) imagine a better capstone to... I mean, this was... At the end of the day, it was all about the World Cup Minute podcast and how are we going to finish it, Not let alone the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. They did it for us. We have been talking daily about what an incredible tournament it has been. What did we do? To deserve that on top of everything we've already been given. I don't think people who haven't followed, like people who don't follow, you know, European football, uh, understand just how crummy the last couple of years have been. You know, how much we've had to sit through, if you're a Premier League fan. Uh, Just suspended matches, uh, like the worst COVID protocols. So like like some matches were just getting suspended on a dime, like double game weeks if you're if you're doing fantasy. Just like so much chaos. Like to the point where it was just exhausting to even follow the sport. And then we have all the lead up to this 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 World Cup. It's in Qatar. Uh, horrible human rights violations, anti-gay, all, like all, all just awful. Grand, our, our, yeah. our greatest football writer dies. Like there's so much stuff yeah. that 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 happened. And then but the the actual matches and, and, and not just the match, like not just a game by, uh, you know, it's like the, the matches were amazing. The best players played at their best, right? If you, you know, Mbappe and, and Messi were, were absolutely at their best today and, and really throughout the tournament. And, um, and just, you know, the ha- having a, a, you know, South American club a country win, which I think was really cool as well. Um, just to sort of, uh, under, under, you know, undercut some of the European dominance of recent mm-hmm. decades. Um, it just a, sort of every part of the narrative, if you can remove the kind of, politics of it for a minute it was just incredible and it was just so fun i even the bad matches were fun it was i i, I agree with you i mean because yeah. you know cast your mind back to the 2018 world cup i can barely remember it right they're just what you just like th- there was there was more drama in today's world cup final than there was in whatever it was you know 36 six how many matches i don't know however 30 plus matches that they played in the uh you know four years ago it was just you do not get world cups like this very often it was really special and 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 anyone who was lucky enough to watch the world cup final today uh really got to see something that they'll remember yeah i don't want to sound dramatic here but for the rest of their lives i think it was really about as good as good as a sporting event can get it was that good it really was. The drama was second to none. As you said, the the players who stepped up were the stars that you would have written in to that script. It is, you're talking about the buildup and the issues with Qatar, and then there is always a section of the sports community that wishes that politics would be kept out of sports. In On the one hand, 
Um, you, you, you can't separate them. On the other hand, when the football was played in this tournament, it was so easy to let that fall away because the sports yeah. of this tournament was so special. And then that kind of carries, it carries me as someone who is interested in, in the stories outside of the actual um, 90 minutes. It carries me through because I'm like, oh, right. This yeah. is why it is all worth it to yep. fight through the all the crap to get these tournaments put on that FIFA is corrupt, et cetera, totally. et cetera. Because once yep. the football starts getting played, once you get these, this level of talent together and this style of passion that you can really only see on display in an international tournament, yeah. you go and you watch the champions league in, in Europe, the greatest club competition, the technicality of the tactics in the football is probably streets above what we've watched in Qatar. But to feel it, I mean, I have no skin in the game with France or Argentina. And I am in tears along with Angel Di Maria multiple moments during this match. And I don't even know why, because it was so powerful to yeah. see both what Argentina and what France were doing. You'd written Mbappe off after like 70 minutes. 75 you, you, minutes. 70, yep. Yes, yep. you went to great pains to put the minutes that the goals were scored here on well, the... Well, uh, yeah, because yeah. It, it just, it wasn't, there wasn't a... This match is like a like or Bill Simmons has this uh this column you started about like levels of losing. You know, it's like all different like different types yeah. of like the the guillotine match where you feel like you're gonna lose the whole time and then you finally do. And there's you know, and then but this one was what you might call ultimately didn't they they Argentina did win, but it was it was the this wasn't the script match, right? Yeah. Eighty minutes into that match. I don't know. Anyone was sitting around thinking, "Oh yeah, the, just just give it another couple minutes," and suddenly France is going <laughs> to take this take this match with a scrub yeah. their neck. There was never a moment when it felt like France were in this match until the 80th minute. It was it was shocking. Yeah. Uh, the pen was fine, like legit pen, no big deal. I mean, as legit as the the Di Maria pen in the uh, you know in the first uh, whatever that was 23rd minute. Um, and so the, sure, the I don't pens, think those pens yeah. are worth arguing about. As, uh, as no, no, I'm just no, no, no. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. I, I don't. I, I hate arguing. Arguing pens is like arguing about refs. I just like I have no no interest in in doing it. It, it happens either happened or it didn't. Right. Yeah. Once it's over, it's over. Um, but then a minute later, uh, literally a minute later, you see Bobby uh, <laughs> come down and and score another goal and a, a really nice goal. I mean, it was I, I was I was at the uh, the Black Horse in Brooklyn watching with some friends, including a, a Patreon supporter, Alex Shepard, an old hey, buddy of ours. Yeah. And uh, it was you know it was just a, it was a great energy there, and someone was saying. And it was basically they scored the two goals that Argentina scored in the first half, right? Yeah, like yeah. they had a that basically they just quick counter goal, right? It's very similar to the, the Argentina goal, um, which was beautiful, by the way. The Di Maria goal in the 36th minute was was uh, stunning. I mean, it all starts with a messy pass. Yeah, and and McAllister, uh, Brighton legend, our boy, uh, yeah, yeah, soon to be Barcelona star. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he had an incredible tournament. Great to see him have that moment. It's crazy, right? Because everyone, uh, when Basuma moved from uh, from Brighton in the summer, and it was like, oh man, like their that midfield is going to look a lot yeah. different without Basuma in it. And I, I mean, they don't play the same position, but who sure. knew that McAllister was just waiting there yeah. to to like you know become the the dominant player? For, yeah. And he's been awesome for Brighton too. It's not like he's you know it's not like he sort of came out of complete nowhere uh, yeah. this this year. Yeah. The, when when the game turns, as you say, when Mbappe starts uh, scoring those goals, it was really interesting. I've been 
uh, paying a lot of attention to the the TIFO guys at The Athletic. They've been doing some incredible tactical breakdowns. Curious to see what they'll have to say about this, but just from my spectator point of view, it was so clear that the wheels were flying off of Argentina only because they had poured... They they throttled France in the first half almost just by sheer emotion and determination. It yeah. felt to me like tactics be damned. There was yeah. like France could have had any lineup, any formation. They were not going to beat Argentina because yeah. they it was just sort of fate for them. And then you see there is an expiration date or an expiration timestamp on fate and emotional uh, play. That sounds like, that sounds like a no fear t-shirt. There's an expiration <laughs> date on fate. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it turns out there isn't Josh, but I, they yeah. were able to actually still grit their way to the end. And, um, but yeah, I was really afraid for Argentina when, when those goals started flying in and France looked, they were going to be the ones who were going to score the third goal. If anybody was in regular I mean, time. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, and, and the, and the extra time too, right at the end there. I mean, Emmy Martinez, who I just love, I, I, I'm not even sure when I started to really, I mean, I, anyone who listens to always cheating knows that I'm just a complete Emmy Martinez fanboy and have been for, for several years now. And I'm not sure even where it started. It was before the Copa America. I mean, it's, he was a great fantasy player when he moved to, to Villa, but it was sort of like he came on late for, you know, anyone who doesn't know the Emmy Martinez story, Emmy Martinez was a, was a longtime backup for Arsenal. Uh, Burn Leno gets injured. The, the starting keeper for Arsenal. This is like what, three or four years ago now. Yeah. Uh, that all comes back to Brighton. That was against Brighton. Leno gets injured and Martinez then gets his right. shot. And I believe that was during the summer. I think that was during the summer 2020 COVID restart matches. I think that's when that's when uh, Martinez got his moment. I don't don't quote me on that, Brandon, but I'm, I'm fairly sure that that's when it happened. And so Emmy uh, Martinez plays really well. Arsenal decides to stick with Leno, and Emmy Martinez moves to Aston Villa, uh, and is brilliant for Aston Villa. Has a really terrific season. So he plays so well that he gets a call up to Argentina. Once he goes to Argentina, he is incredible there as well. Uh, and it's very similar to this World Cup. And they, they uh, Argentina and Brazil go to penalty kicks in the 2021 Copa America. And Amy Martinez is doing exactly what he did today, yeah. making brilliant saves and thrusting those hips, you know, just just yeah. just like making out I, with the pole. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I had this I had this moment with Emmy during the match when when he had was called a post for his heroics, where I I don't gravitate toward players who who uh who used those theatrics, <laughs> yeah. but, but in defensive Amy Martinez and defensive goalkeepers, goalkeepers are out there alone. They have nobody. Yeah. They will be the yeah. first ones to take the blame. He knew and goalkeepers know they have to employ every technique in the book, whether it's physical or mental and credit to Emmy for knowing what he has to do. And he got it done and he was yeah. in tears and very humble until he receives the golden glove yeah. trophy and decides to and use it, it as a it. prosthetic. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Well, it's just, I, I'm not drawn to those kind of players either. I'm really yeah. not. And I, I just think for him, it just, it speaks to his personal charisma. You know, I just find him very charismatic as yeah. a, as a person and whatever way that comes through on a, on a TV screen. But I, I just, he's just very likable. 
in my opinion. And um, I, I, I can see if this is the first time you ever saw him was this World Cup, how it, it might be a little off-putting to you. But I, I think Emmy Martinez is considered to be a pretty, pretty nice guy in general. Sure. And so, it, and like you said, it's and honestly, we've just never seen this from a keeper. The, I think what I like is the the sheer you know gamble of it to like be this cocky, you know, and then and then be like, oh yeah, I'm also going to win the Copa America and the World Cup back to back years. And yeah. you know, it, it's uh, you know, and he's still he's still at Villa. I, maybe the, being at Villa helps too, right? If he was you know, Man City's keeper and he was doing all this stuff, it might be a little harder to to still like him, you know? Like, there might be yeah. too much success. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that that speaks to this final and also this tournament for me is I, I being a Fulham supporter, I'm often drawn to the the underdog team or the team that, you know, is, is playing more for pride than success. But this whole tournament, yeah. all the way down to the fi- final, I found myself just rooting for the best players to do something Amazing. Yeah. I would account Emmy Martinez among them because we knew what he was capable going in, uh, into this match. But yeah, um, I I was thrilled after the first half to say, okay, Messi's finally gonna have the ultimate coronation here. I'm on yeah. board for this. And then Mbappe comes through and spoil tries to spoil the party. I'm like, well, I guess I'm kind of on board for this too. This is also amazing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, he almost scored four goals. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> he scored a he scored yeah. a hat trick in a losing World Cup final. I mean, yeah. that is I, you will probably never ever see that in a World Cup final again. That's a that's a rare thing in a regular match, right? Yeah. That's not. It's not that common. Like, you know, you don't often see like Erlen Holland get a hat trick in a losing match, right? It's just an unusual thing to have happened. And I, I, you know, granted two of them were pens, but he also got his nice individual goal as well. And, you know, Messi, Messi gets the pen. He also gets, I mean, it's actually amazing because he, he gets the, the pen and then he um, gets that kind of crazy goal. It looked like a goal in real time. Like it was Very not like so, a flicky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but it's also fast. You know, it's hard to really tell until the ref, you know, points yep. to the, um, points yeah. to the center. Um, the concern, center spot, the concern initially, I think was less the, the goal crossed the line and more was Lutaro uh, offside. And, yep. But I remember that goal comes in. My wa- wife was walking through the living room, and I was just like, "Messi's got his goal." God, I sounded <laughs> yeah. like I sounded like Peter Drury <laughs> in, the, in that moment. I wanted to hit myself, but um, I had a moment. I remember watching the uh, U.S. Iran match with our friend Trevor, and I had to sneak sneak in from my job to watch it on a lunch break. And uh, there was a moment in that match where somebody. On the U.S. team, I played a cross through. I, it doesn't really matter who, but it was. I think it was um, a way I played a cross through, and there was nobody in the box, and it was just me in this like half empty bar. But they had the sound on, and I just went, "There's nobody there!" <laughs> <laughs> and both of the bartenders, there's just these two like young ladies, were just like, "There's nobody there." They just like repeated it because it sounded so <laughs> lame. What is it out loud? Uh, but it was that. That's what. That's the kind of stuff that you do yeah. when you're when you're excited and passionate. And it was. It, you know, I mean, watching this with, uh, I mean, there, there must have been 300 people there. We, we had a debate. You and I uh, had our, like our always cheating end of year dinner on Friday. And uh, we were debating whether or not I am, um, whether I'm, I'm actually an extrovert or not. Or like okay. I, I sometimes like to pretend that I'm like an introvert slash extrovert. Uh-huh. Uh, but, I, you know, and then you guys sort of convinced me I really probably am just like a fully extroverted person. Uh, but watching the match today at the Black Horse, um, it got so crowded. I was actually literally sitting on this, like I was sitting on like the ledge of the, like in the window. Like I was so, there was no room anywhere, you know? And so I'm just in this ledge and I'm just like screaming, like, you know, I'm, just, I'm like, like screaming like out instructions for what people should do. You know, I was just so into it. And, uh, and I just, I felt like it was like, I was like a video game character and it was like, I was getting like power upped, you know, just by like the energy <laughs> yeah. of, of people there. I just, I really, 
it just made me so, so happy to, to, to be witnessing something that was so great. And, and obviously, and I think, you know, you said you watched it from home. I watched it at a bar, but either way, it didn't matter where you were. Cause you knew that people all across the world were watching this yes. thing and, yes. and, and you're and, sharing you know, it the, one way or another. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Experience. And this was one of our recommendations to new soccer fans going into the world cup is do whatever you can to get out to a bar because that really is representative of the, like the overwhelming emotionality of it. Some, uh, I think it was on the men in blazers, Instagram account. They just posted a video of somebody in a high rise in Buenos Aires and they're doing this panoramic video. You can see nobody. You're like that high up, but you can just hear Yep. The entire town is freaking out and losing their mind. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. I'll have, to yeah. ch- I'll have to check that out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But yeah, I mean, I think I, I would say personally for me, I would say that the uh, uh, there was a Michigan-Michigan State game that you and I saw several years ago, the, the famous uh, fail fail to the victors, uh, trouble with the snap play. That was the only match, uh, the only game I've seen that actually made me cry at the end because uh, the emotions were, were so high for that one. And this one, I was starting to feel that way a little bit near the end too, just because I, I didn't have a particular really interest in this match, but just the the energy I was expending just like enjoying the match as weird as that, you know, it's just like, it was, I was just so, it's just enjoying it so much. I was just, it was just so fun that it was like, by the end I was just uh, like exhausted, you know, it's, I mean, we're recording this an an hour later and I'm still just, you know, like my legs are like, I'm just buzzing still, you know, I'm just really feeling just walking, uh, walking on the street afterwards. I was like, I wanted to like stop people on the street to see if they'd watch the game. You know, it was just a really mm-hmm. great, um, great experience. And like you said, uh, before I did, maybe I said it, it doesn't matter who said it. It's probably me. Uh, it, it was, uh, it's yeah, that good. but it was just, it was, it was a great, it was a, it was an international communal experience and it's just not something you get very often. Right. I mean, you don't get it with the Super Bowl, really, you know, it's, a, it's a, even though they want it to be a global thing, it's, it's really more of an American sport. You get it with the Olympics a little bit, but even then there tends to be just a couple of countries that dominate. And so this is one of the few, you know, the Oscars, they used to pretend that a billion people watched that. I don't think that's, it's like a tenth of that these days, but you know, I think this is really one of the few—a World Cup final that's really good with some of the best players in the world. I, that's about as communal as it gets. It's you know, everyone you know, everyone who's a sports fan was watching this game today, and uh, and there's a lot of sports fans out there, so it was just a really um, great shared experience. Really cool. How moment. how disappointed are you as a Fran- if you were a France fan or a French person yeah. for that yeah. matter? I thought it was a very 
wild game for them with the early substitutions in the first half. I was texting our friend group of like, how is Deschamps going to do Giroud so dirty like this? I mean, yeah. I understand that that France had to change their shape and their tactics because they were just getting overrun in the midfield. Yeah. But there were four minutes left to go, and Giroud has to get uh, pulled off. I just wait, wait another four minutes, my my guy. I, I was just, I, I mean, I guess you can't. I don't really know if this has made a difference or not. You can't argue with them scoring. It's they like looked the, better. The, you know, I, I concede yeah. that France say, did look yeah. better uh, yep. after those substitutions. Deschamps knows what he's doing. I'm not arguing. That. Yeah, I, I think that the uh, the the Debele sub made more sense to me because he was getting yeah. skinned by by. Yeah, Dembele. he was at yeah, obviously yeah. at fault for the penalty, and like that was just such a chump yeah. defensive move by Dembele. Giroud made less sense to me because my feeling was. You know, they they weren't going to be in a counter-attacking position quite so much. You know, like they were yeah. going to, they're going to be able to um, control the ball, and so I didn't I didn't really understand why they would. They, they, it's not like Giroud's lack of legs wouldn't make a difference there. And it seems like what they need is a playmaker. So the, that one made a little less sense to me. It almost made me wonder if Giroud was you know harboring a, like a minor injury or something like that. Yeah. But the way the way it worked out, I mean, Argentina kind of just kept controlling possession, right? I mean, they were, you know, we saw a little more time waste in the second half. Not egregious. I, I, you know, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like rolling my eyes exactly. There was, a, you know, but there's a few things that, that you'll see in almost any match where a team's got a lead, right? You know, you're sort of, you you feel a hand in your back and you, you crumple to the ground and, you know, whatever, call over the medics for a minute. That's, that's just, that's just part yeah. of the sport. Yeah. But I, it wasn't, it wasn't completely out of control. And, um, but they really were in control. I felt like, I felt like, I actually felt like when it was 2-0, um, certainly until really, honestly, until that pen, I thought it was much more likely that Argentina were going to score um, another goal than I thought it would yeah. be uh, the other way around. You can France. see why it has been such a long road for Messi and Argentina over the last decade, but they just haven't been able to get it over the line because the yeah. way it seems they tend to play as a nation is emotion and chaos is just oozing out of them. But in this match and in this tournament, Argentina had enough talent across the team. So, yeah, like what what you're saying, Josh, is how... Argentina was still able to control a lot of the match in the face of all of this chaos. It was because they just have so many good, good players. You know, we mentioned McAllister and the young player of the tournament as well through their midfield. And um, <laughs> I mean, they're the central defense. It, we are going through a low point, I think, around the world in um, yeah. center backs. You have to go to Croatia, I guess, to to get a good center back these days. But did you notice that uh, Sergio Aguero in the stands comes down on the field after the after the match is over and he's wearing a Nicholas Odomendi jersey? Well, you know, the Aguero, I talked about getting a little emotional. Aguero is what kind of did it for me, yeah. right? Because Aguero has been like a real good soldier. He's, he's been totally, um, I mean, one of the, one of the, I was one of the, one of the great moments in Premier League history, maybe the greatest moment. Sure. Almost, yeah. I was, I was thinking of him. Uh, I was thinking of him even before I saw he was in the stands because the, the, the football moment that comes closest to this World Cup final I think for a lot of people would be that Aguero yeah. winning the league yeah. for Manchester City moment yeah. against Queens yeah, that, Park Rangers. That's true. 
That, yeah, I got. I, I guess I did to put that up there with my Michigan Michigan State game in terms of the. Uh, did you the cry? Great, the great drama. <laughs> I didn't cry, but I, I was screaming. I, I feel like yeah. I wasn't quite as like all in um, on the on the Premier League then as I was. But it happened now. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, Gabriel Jesus to Gabriel Martinelli, the Gabes. Maybe we'll get we'll get Gabriel Mar- Margales in there as well, Brandon. <laughs> the, the the three Gabes will win it for on the last minute yep. for Arsenal this year. So um, yeah, I think it was really. Uh, yeah, just a really wonderful World Cup. Really, I, you know, I, I, the Di Maria move I thought really made a lot of sense. I, I didn't, at, at, at the, or I shouldn't say made a lot of sense. I was surprised when he started because I, I in my head still think of him as, even though it's been like almost ten years now, I still think of him as a Man United washout. You know, like some guy yeah, just right. stunk there. Um, and so when they announced he started, I was like, ah, eh, like they probably won't make a big difference. And then he was dominant. I mean, even sure. before Tur- turns Japan. out it's Manchester yeah. United who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Not Angel yeah. Di Maria. I mean, yeah. he, he had an incredible, incredible career at Real Madrid prior to that move. Yeah, but yeah, and afterwards, y- yeah. you could see like the emotional fraught, like mm-hmm. the trauma that Di Maria is going through on the bench. Yeah. He's like, yeah. let's just get this home. Um, he, he really wanted it. And I'm glad he got it. I, yeah, me, me too. I, you know, I, I, it's, it's like the first time I've ever considered myself a Di Maria fan was, was today. You know, it's first are we, everything. are we just, uh, showing ourselves as Argentina, stands here where where's the where's the love for france well what did they do you know until the 80th minute i mean they they just didn't do very much i mean if kingsley coleman scores that goal at the end and and they win 4-3 i mean martinez doesn't make that save it feels more like a snatch and grab uh, mm-hmm. World Cup win to me than than yeah. a, like though the narrative afterwards would have been about how Argentina blew it you know it would yeah. not have been yes, about right. about France's yeah. performance that's, so that's true. I mean you know I mean every minute matters right but like you know but we still had to watch the first eighty minutes of that game and see Argentina dominate and extra time was was a, a pretty good extra time I have to say I, I you and I have both seen enough extra times to know that sometimes they're basically just getting themselves ready for the pens and that that was not the case at all uh, they were really they were really going for it I think Mbappe comes out of it. It, it was a, it kind of interesting, actually, because it was a match where Messi gets the, you know, he gets the golden boot. He um, he, he gets the golden you know, ball. Oh, the golden, I'll never get those two right. He gets the golden <laughs> ball. They um, they win the World Cup. And uh-huh. yet, and yet it still feels like a passing the torch. Right? Everybody, because, everybody won. It's true. Yeah, because, I mean, it, Mbappe he has a heroic hat trick. He also, he, he wins the golden whatever. I'll never get those boot. two correct. He gets the golden boot. And it, like, barely cares. But he practically tosses it behind him. He's so uninterested. I mean, wouldn't you? The, the trophy was falling apart as he was carrying it across yeah. the stage. Who's making this crap? Come he's on. Won and he's, he's won enough. It's fine. But, you know, he's still, so he, he, but he's still, it, it becomes very clear that Messi solidifies greatest player, whatever, you know, what this stuff is all, we, it's the fun is in debating it. But, uh, but then we get this moment where now it seems like Mbappe is now the player who gets to take on the torch. And I think yeah. that was really cool as well. And I just think in general, like if this, if this, you know, game had been like an episode of Ted Lasso or something like that, like the, you know, whatever consultant they brought on would have said like, all right, you guys got to tone it down a little bit. This is, this is a little too, <laughs> too dramatic. Five goals between Messi and Mbappe. I don't, I don't think so. Plus let's have a VAR computer generated screenshot in which some, when somebody's butt factors heavily in, into yeah, it. Exactly. There, so there was, there was no shortage of comedy in this match either. So. It was, it was so, it was so, it was such rich drama. I, you know, it's, 
they're not always this good. There, there are, we've, there are a Rarely. lot of finals that are not this fun. We really do not hold on to this one for a few days and, and, and really, and really soak it in just how fun it was because you do not get world cup finals or, or just big matches like this that, that live up to the hype that often. Um, it reminds me of, uh, a, a famous, uh, Liverpool man city match from right around this time, actually it was like early January. It was like four years ago. And, uh, man city won that match two one. And it was like this heavily hyped match. It was really uh, so much buildup. And it was like, this is like the one, I, it's like one of the only times I can remember two teams at the absolute height of their kind of form playing each other. And the match was actually good. You know, yeah, it just, right. it just does not happen very often. And yep. so it was, so it was just really, it was really wonderful. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that we did this pod, Brent. I think it's been really fun to do the World Cup Minute with you. I think we've really, um, it's been, uh, we've learned that if we, uh, you know, if, uh, I don't know, if Sirius XM, Brandon wants to come call him, we can, we could probably do a little <laughs> daily. Ra- I didn't know if we could until, until yeah. now. So it's been good to learn. I, I hope, uh, I, I obviously, I, I assume that most people listening are, um, regular, always cheating listeners, but if not tomorrow night, we're going back to the always cheating podcast and we will be doing a preview of what will be game week 17 branded. The Premier League comes yes. back on Boxing Day, which is December 26th, so a week and a day from tomorrow. The Premier League will be back with a full slate of matches. I think the, I think that first week is across three days. Uh, I also have already done a, a preview pod for our Patreon supporters. Um, that's up and available uh, right now, so if you want to support great. the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want, thank you. And if you want to support the podcast, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You get access to that. You can get access to the Slack. One of my goals, Brandon, is to finally move us over to the Discord before the Premier League starts up again. I've been promising this for a long time, uh, but I hope to finally do it. But um, yeah, I also, just for fun, if anyone's listening right now, I just, as we were talking, Brandon, I created a second half leak. For, uh, for everybody. So this is an always cheating second half league that anyone can join. You and I will talk more about the prizes that we give out. I think maybe we should try to do monthlies just, just to, because a lot of people will be, you know, dipping their toe in for the first time. Yeah. Uh, but the code for that second half league is O-Z-C-X-B-N. Obviously, we'll share this in lots of other places. You don't have to write that down. But in case you want to join right now, oh, oh. Wait, O-Z-C-X-B-N is the code. Uh, and fantasy.premierleague.com is where you can go to join. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the return of fantasy. I don't want to dip into that too much right now, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's stressful. It's exciting. There's games like every single day, basically yeah. from the 26th through, I don't even know, like the end of time. So there's just there's just there's so many matches on. So if, if you if like you, the World do you Cup. Wanna, yeah, yeah. If, just, just another plug for fantasy. Like if you loved the sweat, you got from the world cup the only way to get a sweat from burnley v southampton is yeah. to play fantasy so you're not getting that at the russian <laughs> turkish bathhouse brandon sadly <laughs> no. um so i i think it's i think it's gonna be uh it'll be a lot of fun to have to have that back and, and thank you to everyone for listening uh any final thoughts brandon anything else you want to add i will add that yeah world cup uh it's coming to north america uh so i guess the next time yeah. we do the world cup minute we can be doing it live from actual World awesome. Cup matches. And How many games <laughs> do you think we'll see? I, I, I'm thinking we'll see at least three. That, three seems like that's the minimum I want to see for this. How many in Mexico City will we see is the question you should be well, asking. That's a great, that, exactly. <laughs> I want to do some, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. To, it, it's, it, I mean, the only thing, the only cool thing about Qatar, it seems, is that it, they were able to host these matches so close together in North America, yeah. it's going to be like a like a nine hour flight to get from one match <laughs> to the next. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I have so enjoyed 
uh, doing this pod, and I hope to carry our listeners over to some English Premier League fantasy because that is a great, great time. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, And that's a wrap on the 2022 World Cup. Talk to you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.